And welcome to the show this morning. The Back Nine Boys Golf Show is brought to you each week by CPOMS. Check out becoming a member at CPOMS.com by Mizuno Golf. Reach beyond by Club Car, the leader in golf utility and fun personal vehicles. By Bridgestone Golf. Try their new Tour B golf balls. And by RSM, proud sponsor of the RSM Classic, giving back to our community. On the show, we're going to talk with the CEO of Global Golf Post, good friend Jim Nugent, on Phil Mickelson's week in the media, and his sponsorship loss keeps growing. I want to find out really what Jim thinks about what's next for him besides hiding. Claude Pope, founder of Apparel Line Baldhead Blues, will talk about his time as a caddy at Cypress Point out in California and his clothing brand. And then John Claffey of Tour Edge Golf will tell us about their new line of clubs and the recent great success they've had on the, Peach, on the Champions Tour. But up first, Jim Nugent, Global Golf Post. Good morning, Jim, and thank you for being with us this morning. Rich, thanks for having me on today. Well, obviously, we're going to talk about the big news out there, uh, the big uh, uh, quicksand uh, step that uh, Phil Mickelson has got himself into. Um, that's the big news this week on the PGA Tour. Um, I wasn't aware of that. Is Phil playing somewhere? Did <laughs> I, I miss a memo? <laughs> Great point. Um, your thoughts about what's happening with him? Oh, it's 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 a mess, Rich. And, yeah. and you only are going to allow me a couple of minutes here when we need uh, probably the full uh, uh, hour. But uh, it's it's it, it's a really unfortunate situation yeah. that Phil has played himself into. He uh, aligned himself very very closely with. Uh, uh, the Saudi Arabia effort to uh, compete with the PGA Tour, uh, and and then the Saudis discovered that he was uh, that Phil was playing them in order to effectively uh, stage a, a coup d'état of the the PGA Tour to uh, uh, effectively take it down and uh, use some extremely colorful language in yep. describing the Saudi Arabias uh, on a podcast. Uh, that uh, uh, was released uh, more than a week ago now, and as a result, it's it's got all of his sponsors fleeing. In the last uh, couple of days, he's lost uh, Workday, he's lost KPMG, he's lost Amstel uh, Light, and last night, uh, late in the evening, he yeah. uh, had his arrangement with uh, Callaway, which was a lifetime arrangement, uh, paused in quotation marks. And so uh, Phil's in a very, very bad place right now. And um, it's unfortunate because you don't, however you feel about Phil Mickelson, he's a great champion. He's a, Hall of, a World Golf Hall of Fame member. You don't want to see him end his career uh, the way that it appears to be unfolding right now in front of all of us in a very public nature. Yeah, obviously all of this, Jim, you know, we know, a lot of other people know, this will really affect his legacy. It, it unfortunately is going to define his legacy. And, and one thing that I was thinking about last night, there's been a lot of parallels drawn between he and, and Tiger Woods and Tiger's indiscretions of, of some 12 or 13 years ago. But there's a, a really critical difference here. Tiger was a relatively young man at that point in time. And, and was able to play his way out of it. He came back from uh, his, his issues and, 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 and played a lot of good golf. He won the Masters um, and, and, and 
you know, we're a, we're a forgiving society. And if you ask for forgiveness, you'll, you'll, you'll have it granted to you right. for the most part, if you're sincere and genuine in America and, and Tiger for the most part did. And then he worked his way back. And as I said, he won the masters. So Mickelson's 51 years old. Yeah. There's no masters in sight for him. He's not going to be able to use his playing field, the golf course to redeem himself. And, and, and therefore this looks like it's going to tar him uh, for the rest of his life and, and be how we remember Phil Mickelson, and, and that's very different than the Tiger Woods situation. Yeah, and I've, I, you know, there's a lot of speculation out there, but I've heard more than I've uh, not heard other things that he's in trouble and needs money. Is gambling an issue in this? Have you heard anything about that? Well, we'll never know, but certainly that's being whispered in every corner. Um, he, he has a history there, he's, he's not denied it. Um, and, and, and so there are a lot of people whispering about the need to to raise cash because he he owes uh gambling debts right uh, one i don't think we'll ever know right. whether or not the a part of this situation but if it is it's not going to surprise anyone no not at all because he's been in that situation before when he first started his relation with uh callaway one of the things that i've i've, I've thought of the pga golfers are all contract uh employees can the PGA Tour not allow players to play if they don't want to because they're contract employees? Can they do that? Because that's one of the issues that Greg Norman is kind of saying. You can't do what you say you want to do. Well, that's a, a completely separate issue from this, but it is because of Mickelson and his involvement with the Saudis, uh, not unrelated. The PGA Tour players are independent contractors. Uh, they are free to play when they want, where they want, as often as they want. Um, and, and Norman is saying that because they are independent contractors, they cannot legally be stopped by the PGA Tour from playing in this new league that Saudi Arabia is, is pro- uh, proposing to, to start. Uh, but the position of the PGA Tour is if you align yourselves with that league, you are therefore uh, 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 putting your uh, PGA Tour membership at risk, and you can and may well be banned for life. Mm-hmm. And and so I, I'm not uh, trained in the <laughs> law, and, and therefore I'm not going to pine too terribly much on this. But right. there are two very different uh, interpretations of what the law says about independent contractors. Yeah, and uh, Norman has said this week, this is not the end of the battle. I mean, he's always had a battle with the PGA Tour ever since Tim Fincham. Well, this this is a thirty-year war that uh, Greg Norman is is has restarted with the PGA Tour, going back to nineteen ninety-four when he attempted to start His a, own, a competitive right. circuit, a competitive tour to the uh, PGA Tour, and and was roundly and rather quickly uh, uh, defeated. By Tim Fincham in the PGA Tour, and and he's never gotten over that, not one. Yeah, right. And and so now he's back with the Saudis, uh, trying once again to start a, a, a rival circuit. Um, and and the difference is this time he's got real money backing him. Back in yeah. in, in the day in 1994, all he had was some rumored support from Fox Television. He's got Saudi Arabia money, and that's real money, and there's a lot of it. Yeah, yeah, it's endless. 
Uh, PGA Commissioner Monahan has said to the players, make a decision. Where do you want to go, us or them? And most uh, have chosen at this point in time to, to align themselves with the PGA Tour. Um, you, you have to keep in mind here that, that there is a, an existing golf ecosystem, and in the, in, in the way the, the game is structured today, that ecosystem includes not just the PGA Tour, but the DP World Tour, the USGA because of the U.S. Open, um, and Augusta National because of the Masters. And you just cannot discount the import and the role that the Masters will play in this. There are a lot of people who feel that Dustin Johnson's decision uh, at the last minute last week to not go to Saudi Arabia was impacted by the fact that he is a past champion of the Masters and that he did not want to put at risk his future appearance at Augusta National each April. And do you think that will be on Phil's mind? What do you think Augusta National is going to do with Phil being a past champion? I think that uh, this year both sides are going to say that Phil has decided to uh, not participate uh, at the Masters in 2022. I don't think you're going to see the words suspension or, or, or anything like that. I think that they'll both try and take the highway. You know, Phil has said he's taking a break for the game. I think that break will include uh, the Masters, which is just a, a matter of weeks away. I don't think Phil wants to be a distraction to the Masters. I don't think the Masters wants Phil uh, to, to be around and be a distraction to their tournament. I think that uh, he just doesn't show up that week. Yeah, I totally agree with you on that. Do you think, Jim, at this point, that the Saudi tour is dead in the water? Or are they just kind of on uh, life support? No, I don't think they're dead in the water by any stretch of the imagination. They were dealt a, a setback. They they had no idea. They they learned at the same time you and I did last weekend during the uh, tournament in Los Angeles. Uh, they learned that they'd lost uh, Bryson DeChambeau. They learned that they'd lost uh, Dustin Johnson. I think that came as a, uh, a shocking body blow to them. Yeah. But... Uh, if you have a lot of money, and they do, money buys patience. And they're not necessarily focused on this year or next year. I think they're focused on the longer term. I don't think we've heard the last of them by any stretch of the imagination. I don't know that Greg Norman's going to be involved with them forever, but I think that the Saudis are serious about golf, and they're going to figure it out in some form or fashion. Yeah. Well, Jim, uh, you're right. We could have talked about this for a lot more. Uh, Appreciate your comments. Thanks for getting up with us this morning. Rich, thanks for having me on. Cheers. Always a pleasure. Jim Nugent, his comments about Phil Mickelson. Will he be at the Masters? Jim doesn't think so. I don't think so. We'll have to see. So we'll be back on the Back Nine Boys Golf Show with Claude Pope. From Bald Head Blues, but first, there are no blues when you're playing Mizuno Golf because they've got the best irons in the game. New series, 922, 923, some new woods, fairway woods, rescue clubs, and a brand new lineup of putters. Check out everything you can about Mizuno because it'll help your short game, your long game, and see what's new at MizunoGolf.com. Check it out. Nothing feels like Mizuno. Reach beyond. Hi, this is Zach Johnson from the PGA Tour, and you're listening to the Back Nine Boys Golf Show. And welcome back. And uh, obviously, y'all have heard that uh, Zach has been named the uh, 2023 Ryder Cup captain. 
Couldn't be more prouder of somebody here from locally being named Ryder Cup captain. Of course, Davis was as well, but congratulations to Zach for that. How do you start a clothing line in a very competitive field? Well, several years ago, Claude Pope, founder of Bald Head Blues, he knows how to do it, and we're going to find out more about that. Good morning, Claude, and welcome to the show. Hey, thank you so much for having me this morning. It is always a pleasure. You're in one of my favorite spots, Bald Head. I mean, it's uh, just a great place to be. Yeah, I mean, it's actually been really busy this off season because we've had good weather the past uh, two months, and um, you know, it's it's nice being on an island. Yes, it is. It has its pluses, more pluses than minuses. Let's just say. All right, let's go back to the beginning. What gave you the idea? of starting a clothing line in this very competitive golf apparel business? Uh, well, you know, I had a passion for clothing. Um, I was always involved in golf. Um, I knew that I loved Baldhead Island because I grew up going there. Um, it had a really cool and compelling story, and I thought that was important to tell. I think the story of the brand is uh, one of the most important aspects of our of our company. And Baldhead is a golf cart-only island, so I wanted to, you know, tell that story through an apparel line. And I opened a retail store there first. Um, people really responded well to the golf cart surfboard logo. Uh, that gave me more confidence to kind of reach out to golf courses and resorts and, and other kind of uh, corporate business and, you know, offer my services to do apparel for them. So, you know, we've got about 400 accounts that buy from us and that's everywhere from, you know, Myopia Hunt Club up in Massachusetts all the way down to, um, you know, Shadow Oaks in Naples, Florida and Mauna Kea in Hawaii. And you know, people who like to golf, people who like to go to the beach, those, those are our best customers. Yeah. And I saw you at the PGA show and every time I tried to come by and say, Hey, we could say, Hey, but you were busy. So the PGA show was really good for you. Yeah, I thought it was. I thought it was great. I think there was a lot of big brands that didn't come because they were, you know, thinking, oh, it's not going to be that great, or you know, maybe they were having their own supply chain issues. But um, we've been kind of air freighting all of our product in from Peru, and I've been keeping my supply chain uh, full. So we've actually picked up a lot of business this year because of other brands not being able to fulfill orders. So we've kind of picked up where they left off. And you know, going to the PGA show, that's the biggest networking event in golf. So so I wasn't going to not go because some people thought it wasn't going to be good. And when I got there, every buyer that I talked to was ready to write orders and ready to get business done because they had had kind of their own challenges last year. And, you know, I thought it was a great show for us. Well, that's good. So what's new in the line for this year coming up, Claude? Um, so I actually redeveloped our swimwear this year. So, um, we did a polyester spandex blended fabric, and then I put the, I know it's kind of on trend right now, but we put compression shorts underneath the the swim trunks. So, you know, traditionally we'd had kind of like a mesh liner inside, and, you know, I kept seeing other brands doing it, and I hear, heard my customers asking for it. So we, we redeveloped our swimwear line. So I've got nine new swim trunks all with the compression shorts underneath it, and it's I've been wearing the samples, and it's way more comfortable than than the mesh liner. So that's something new. Um, we're doing a hybrid puffer jacket with uh, kind of puffer chest and hybrid sleeves. Uh, that's new. I've got a really nice, like, Gore-Tex-style rain jacket that we've done. It's mm. windproof, waterproof. Um, so that's new in the collection. And, you know, we always do new hats every season, new T-shirts every season, new polo designs. Um, 
but you know you're you're not reinventing the wheel you're just kind of finding new things that you like and you know when you own the company you get to make those decisions and uh, yeah. you know I basically build our collection around stuff that I like to wear <laughs> well obviously it's working um, yeah. yeah so what are some of the new colors I know each year I mean blue is no longer blue anymore it's azul or uh, Carolina blue or whatever but what are some of the new colors colors that we should be looking for spring summer yeah so the pantone color of the year is lavender which is um we actually do have a bunch of lavender in our collection this year and that was uh you know that's i like lavender and it just kind of happened to fall on the the year that pantone picked the color lavender but but colors all have really funny names and and when you when you shop color you go through a pantone catalog and yeah you know each there's probably ten thousand colors but like our navy for example is called medieval blue so you know it has like kind of a sexy ring to it um yeah. our kind of royal blue is called regatta blue um we've actually used regatta blue we've kind of um trademarked it with our logo so our our logo color is regatta blue um you know coral is not coral it's sugar coral you know so right. I think it's funny, and, uh, you know, if you look at our SKU names, they're all associated with the Pantone colors that they correspond to. Yeah, and also when I was uh, by your booth, I saw that uh, you had some hoodies, and those have become really popular. Not the real heavy ones, but the thin fabric one hoodies have been popular. Yeah, I'd like to think that I was a little bit ahead of the curve on the hoodies. I've been doing hoodies for six years. Uh, Pima cotton hoodies from Peru, super soft, really thin, really stretchy. Um, I, I'm actually wearing a hoodie right now. Um, hoodies are great. I mean, we sold a lot of hoodies to golf courses. I think people like you know Justin Thomas have really kind of made it popular on the PGA Tour. But, um, yeah, I mean, we sell hoodies because it's a good crossover piece. You can wear a hoodie with jeans you can wear a hoodie over you know swim trunks you can wear a hoodie to play golf in you can wear a hoodie you know with a ball cap going out you know out and about during the day so i think it's just a versatile piece and it's um you know, it's an alternative to a quarter zip so give us your website so our listeners can look and see what you've got in the new blue colors uh that you know regatta blue uh yeah. so our listeners can go to it yeah, uh, the website is baldheadblues.com. Uh, the Instagram handle is at baldheadblues. And, um, you know, if any of your, uh, you know, listeners want to use my uh, personal friends and family code, it's friends20. That'll get you 20% off online. Cool. If you're listening today, use friends20, and that'll get you a good little discount, and it comes with free shipping. Oh, awesome. That's always great. All right, you work with PGA Pros, and Ben... Coles is one of the players that you have partnered with. Great guy. Um, how do you select the players that you want to represent your brand? Do you need to get yeah, to know it's, them? It's um, kind of a combination. Again, networking, going to the PGA show, meeting sports agents. All the agents okay. for the big-name guys go to the PGA show. So they're there meeting new brands, looking for new product. I mean, it's their job to find product for their players and uh, to get some of those deals done. So it certainly happens at the PGA show, but for Ben, um, he's from Raleigh. I yeah. live in Raleigh, yeah. um, you know, when I'm not on bald head, but 
Ben's just a high character guy, and um, I wanted to associate my brand with high character people. And you know, he's literally the nicest person you'll ever meet, and a heck of a golfer. And you know, he grew up in this area, and so we kind of have a affinity towards each other for you know just being friends and you know wanting to support each other. So that's kind of how I came across Ben. Um, we sponsor Robert Allenby on the Champions Tour, and I met Robert on Baldhead Island when he was 46, kind of. Towards the end of his PGA career, he was taking a couple summers off before he hit the Champions Tour, and I got paired up with him on the golf course, and friends of friends said, hey, you need to play with this guy, and of course, Roberts won six times on the PGA Tour, and you know, played in a ton of President's Cups and Masters, so you know, I wanted to hang out with him, and he's he's a hilarious guy. I mean, he's from Australia. He's witty and funny and smart and, you know, a good golfer, and, you know, so I just kind of networked with Robert, and Got a couple guys in the Corn Ferry Tour this year also. Um, Patrick Newcomb, who just won the APGA event out at Torrey Pines a few weeks ago. That was on Golf Channel. He and I met up at uh, Mid Pines and Pine Needles down in Pinehurst a few years mm-hmm. ago. So, you know, it's it's networking. It's playing high-level golf. I mean, I'm not a pro, but I can play with pros and not embarrass myself. And, you know, um, meeting and just trying to find those guys. It's It's, you know, it's kind of like – minor league baseball when you're looking at the corner corn fairy events you know who can i find that's got the potential to get to the pga tour but it's not on the pga tour yet and then you can sign them to a two or three year deal and then hopefully they play onto the pga tour and you've got them for a year or two you know that's not a stupid high expensive contract yep you got that well the last time i think you and i talked when we were on the air you had robert with you and uh or at a different location but he was on the show with you and just a, a great guy, you're, and you're right, great sense of humor, and you're totally right on spot as far as Ben Coles is concerned. Just a, a great kid with some great talent and represented y- your brand really well. Well, thank you. Yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, he, you know, he went to UVA. He's really smart. Yep. Um, he's very motivated, too. He works out. But, you know, he's part of the fitness program on the PGA Tour. Those guys are they're really pushing each other every day to, to get better. All right, let's talk about something that you did prior to Baldhead Blues. You caddied on probably one of the most prestigious, beautiful golf courses in the country, Cypress Point. Yep. How did that happen for you? Um, well, Cypress is just, I mean, it is unbelievable how, how cool that place is and how lucky I feel that I, I got even that privilege to privilege to work there. So uh, the backstory with Cypress is, you know, I caddied a bunch of different places, the Kiwa Ocean Course, the Vineyard Golf Club, um, and then I ended up up at Maidstone Club in East Hampton for a couple summers with all my New York City buddies doing a share house. And <laughs> and anyway, so I, I befriended a Cypress Point member at Maidstone Club and kind of built a relationship with him over the course of a summer and carried his bag. And at the end of the summer, I just kind of had the balls to ask him. I was like, hey, do you, do you think you could call the head pro at Cyprus and give me a recommendation for working out there. And he, you know, he was more than happy to, and he, you know, he knew that I was again, a high character individual and would be a good addition to their caddy staff. And, um, I'm a good golfer and, you know, I think that he liked working with me. And so he basically called Casey at, at, at Cyprus, Casey's the head pro and said, Hey, I got a guy that would be great. And, you know, at the time I was 26 or 27. And so I had nothing to lose. And, 
basically left the east end of Long Island at the end of the summer, drove, you know, 3,000 miles across the country, all the wow. way, you know, through the middle of the country, yeah. played golf along the way in Chicago and Cleveland <laughs> and, you know, uh, Colorado, and finally made my way to San Francisco, played a couple rounds out at, you know, Olympic and San Francisco Golf Club and drove down to Pebble Beach and pulled up to the parking lot for the very first time and, the first couple of days I was in the caddy yard, you know, everyone's kind of feeling you out and talking to you. And there's a bunch of old timers there too. There's a bunch of guys that are in their like 50s, 60s, 70s that have been there forever. And, um, they basically sat me down my first day and they handed me a copy of the match, which oh, is yeah. oh, anybody yeah. out there is oh, yeah. not read it. It is an incredible read. It's, it is, you know, it's the story of two amateurs versus two pros. And, you know, it, it's, all happened at Cypress Point yep. and you know it's very vivid descriptions of every single hole in that book and you know I read the match and it was it was my first day in the caddy yard at Cypress was was reading that book and really getting the visualization of the course and then you do a, a few practice loops with some of the the veteran guys and the cool thing at Cypress is they don't allow range finders so you get an old school yardage book um every yep. every sprinkler head none of them are marked with yardage so you've got to kind of learn this yardage book too as you go it's it's kind of like every sprinkler head's 20 yards apart and they're all marked to the front edge of the green. So you got to start remembering, oh, that's the 158, that's the 138, that's the 118 front edge. And then you've got to memorize a front, middle, back flag location. Is it plus 8, plus 14, plus, you know, <laughs> yeah. 22? And so, you know, after about five or six months, you've basically memorized every single, every single sprinkler head on the entire course to the front edge number and then all the front, middle, back flag locations. So when you're caddying for people out there, they're blown away because you just walk up to the ball and you're like, oh, it's one, you know, 14 front edge. It's one twenty-two flag. It's a little uphill play. At, you know, one twenty-six. Right. And they're like, how do you know that? And you know, you're not pulling out a rangefinder. Yeah. That's and right. they hit their one twenty-six club and they're pin high and they're like, man, that's so cool. So, <laughs> you know, you, you get you actually build more rapport with your players because yeah. they really have to trust you out at Cypress Point. And you have to be good on your numbers. I mean, you can't get to the 118 and say it's a 128. Yeah, and then they gotcha. fly it 10 yards long. Yeah, gotcha. And you're like both sitting there scratching your head being like, what just happened there? Yeah. Uh, no, you know, you got to you gotta memorize that yardage book. And yeah. it's, it's really fun caddying out there because you just kind of blow people's minds with – you know, giving them really good information and, you know, they're all juiced up and excited to be at Cyprus. Oh, and, yeah. You know, it's, it's just a fun place and, and you get so many different kind of microclimates on that golf course. The first couple holes are right on the ocean. It could be 55 degrees and foggy and cold. And by the time you get up to the fourth or fifth hole, you're up into the Del Monte forest and it's 70 degrees and sunny and hot and you're peeling layers off yeah, and sweating. Right, and, right. you know, you get back down to the ocean again and it's blowing 40 and it's just, it's a really cool place. I mean, it, you don't get, you don't find that anywhere else in the world. Yeah, you're right. Claude, thank you for sharing that story. I've not heard sure. it in that way before. It's a great story. Good luck with Baldhead Blues and uh, talk soon. Okay. Rich, thank you so much for having me. All right. Claude Pope with Baldhead Blues. Check it out at baldheadblues.com. After the break, we're going to talk with Tour Edge's John Claffey right after this on the Back Nine Boys Golf Show. This is Carter Collins, head men's golf coach at Georgia Southern University, and you're listening to the Back Nine Boys Golf Show. And welcome back. I'm Rich Stiles. What a year already for Tour Edge Golf. John Claffey is with us. John, welcome to the Back Nine Boys Golf Show. 
Hey, my friend. Thanks for having me. It is great to hear from you. Sorry we didn't see you at the uh, PGA show, but I'm sure uh, we will next year. Which, one of the questions I want to ask you before we get all your success that you've had, did you miss going to the PGA show? Oh, sure. Um, you know, it's uh, an annual right in the golf industry, if you will, and uh, in my old stomping grounds of Orlando. So I, uh, I lived down there for five years and you know, it's always uh, great to see everybody in our little industry, which is kind of a, a big family. Yeah. Are you, uh, I'm going to put you on the spot. You going back next year? You know, it's still in the wind. Uh, it was, uh, it was very hard to make a decision this year. And we ended up not going due to just, you know, you really have to have all that stuff planned out by the end of August. Right. In order right. to really have it all nailed down in time. And, uh, you know, obviously with so much uncertainty with public safety and all that going on, it was, uh, it was kind of an easy call, and, and we, you know, we saw that the show was back, which was great. Um, but yeah, we we haven't gotten back into the cycle of talking about next year yet. So uh, I would hope that we are. Yeah, I, I I would as well. Well, Tour Edge has already had a successful 2022. Tell us about all the success that you've had so far on the Champions Tour. Yeah, you know, uh, this has just all kind of been uh, a few years in the making, Rich. We, we kind of stuck our flag out in the Champions Tour in 2018 um, and said this is going to be our tour. This is kind of a more even playing field for Tour Edge where there's not 14 club contracts and, you know, just a, just you know crazy competition out on the big tour these days for trying to find a little small space for a, a club in the back. Um, so this was a little bit um, more, you know, open, if you would, and uh, so we went out there and instantly got a dozen guys playing our fairways and our hybrids when we first went out there. And since then, we've had 135 different players out on that tour put us into play. Wow. And uh, so it's been a, you know, over 2,400 clubs. It's a, it's a big deal. And not only that, but we've had over 35 guys choose to put our driver into play without being paid whatsoever. So that, is, that just happened last season alone where we had this huge breakthrough with our drivers. Then those kind of numbers never could have happened on the PGA Tour. It's just not mathematically possible. Right. The way that contracts and sponsorships work out there. So this has been a, a the perfect tour for us. Obviously, we signed the great Bernhard Langer last year to our staff, and this year we've added Mike Weir and Alex Cheka, who was a two-time major winner last year on the Champions. Um, and so they join a, a legendary staff, Tom Lehman and uh, Duffy Waldorf, Tim Petrovic, Ken Duke and Scott McCarron. Um, so we've just got, you know, our stable now figured out. But these are the guys that we use to kind of hang our hat on and do our messaging and, and our commercials with. But, again, we kind of have this old-school vision of how to treat the tour, and we have to earn every little place into the bag through performance alone. Sure. It's not really about, it's not really about forcing a club in play because we signed a guy. It's We still have to make sure that it works for them or they – you know, have the freedom to, to play whatever works best. So to have the numbers that we're having out there is a true testament to how good our equipment really is. What is the obviously, most – I'm sorry, John. Obviously, Bernhard Langer winning uh, in the second event this year. We yeah. had a one-two finish with Bernhard Langer winning and Tim Petrovic, right. our longtime staff player, in second place. So that yeah. was great to see. How did it come about with Bernhard? I mean, you know, he's been around a long time. He's had a lot of success on both tours, two-time Masters winner. How did you guys get together? It was actually the Masters that brought us together. He uh, he was preparing for the original Masters in 2020. 
um, and he wanted a specific hybrid loft, a little bit higher, that he wanted to uh, be able to get up in the air and that didn't have a lot of spin so he could hold the greens. And uh, then obviously that event got moved and became known now as the November Masters. Right. He ended up putting us into play um, and really just loved the performance of our hybrid. And he came, he came to us after that. He approached us and said, you know, you guys, I'm really impressed uh, with what you guys are as a company and how you serviced me for the Masters and really love that club. And let's start working on other stuff because his bag is kind of an ancient bag. And, uh, you know, you're talking clubs up to 15 years old, and he's very attached to these clubs. So we knew it was going to be a project to get him out of all of these old classic clubs that he's playing. But he knew that he needed an upgrade in technology. So it was kind of the perfect marriage, and we're still working on Every little, uh, every little bit of his back because it's kind of just a fair game, open, open to try to get everything that we can. So we've had driver in the bag, we've had fairway wood in the bag, hybrid in the bag, irons in the bag, wedges in the bag. But we're, uh, we're you know, we're really happy to have the legend, the ageless wonder Bernard Langer, <laughs> on our staff. And um, you know, we've had 16 wins now since we started this thing in 2018 on the Champions Tour. And uh, that just runs the gamut of different guys. And, and now Bernhardt is uh, two of those 16 wins. Is there a club, John, in your repertoire that is more popular than the others? Did it, on, it, it started with the hybrids, but are there more hybrids on Tour Edge on the Tour than other clubs? Um, you know, it started out fairways and hybrids, Rich, and that's kind of what we've always been known for right. uh, the most. But um, like I said, we've been able to really grow that. And now I would say drivers right there with them. We have this week, um, you know, seven drivers in play. That's tied for, I think, the uh, number four amount of drivers in play on the Champions Tour. And um, that's, again, all by choice. That's John Daly's playing our driver. We've got um, a few guys that I just can't name because they're not on staff with us. But, right. You know, Scott McCarron, Tom Lehman has driver in play this, this week. And it's, uh, it's really just, like I said, it's all about performance. Nobody is on a driver contract with us. We, we get them on, you know, like you said, like a fairway wood and a hybrid. And then everything else is best endeavors. We have to really go out there and, and make sure that the numbers are where they need to be. And uh, Mike Weir is playing our driver this week. Um, so, yeah, seven drivers in play. And then I would say we have about uh, double that with fairway woods and then another, um, you know, good 10 to a dozen hybrids in play. But uh, along with that, we have four different iron sets in play. John Daly's playing our irons uh, by choice. Uh, Bernhard Langer's playing our irons. Ken Duke is playing our irons. And Tim Petrovic is playing our new C722 irons that we just launched. He's the first player to put those in play out there. All right. On the driver, are they using the Pro 721 or the uh, C or E522? Yeah, it's it's mostly gone over to C and E now, and it's a okay. it's a nice mixture uh, between. Tom Lehman put the E driver uh, in play this week. Scott McCarron's playing the C. So what that stands for is uh, there's two different driver models. In fact, in 722 this year, there's two of everything. And uh, we have found out you're either either a C player, which stands for competition spec. So you're talking a little bit smaller uh, footprints. You're talking deeper faces, a little bit more player preferred designs with. Uh, you know, a lot more adjustability, and, uh, you know, you're going to be getting really low spin shots with this line. And then you've got the E, which stands for extreme, 
you're talking extreme MOI. So the driver we have is about 5,500 on the MOI rating scale, which is the highest that we, we know of. It's one of the top two highest MOI drivers uh, in the marketplace. And so the, what MOI does is it's all about forgiveness and straightness. It, it's reduction of twisting and impact, so it's a very stable head that's going to keep you in the fairway. Right. So these are going to be a little bit higher launching, um, but they're still going to have you know optimized spin for you know a little bit slower swing speeds on these. So they're they're both tour worthy, as you can see. We have them both in play on tour, but it's kind of different strokes for different folks on exactly what you're looking for. Yeah, we want to talk a little bit more in depth about that because I want to talk to you about the difference between what the pros play and what you recommend for us amateurs that are out there. But let us take a quick break. We'll be back with John Claffey, uh, Tour Edge, right after we talk about what are you thinking about for dinner tonight. They open at 4.30. Got to be CJ's Italian Restaurant. They're located just across from Parker's on Mallory Street. Check out their monthly specials created by the local elementary schools of which they get part of the proceeds. Also great for kids' birthday parties, but they are known for their deep dish pizza, and it is incredible. Their thin crust and cauliflower is also very good, but so are their appetizers, salads, sandwiches, pastas. Uh, most of the food is made in the kitchen from scratch every morning, including their doughs, bread, sauces, and dressings. So check out CJ's Italian Restaurant at cjsitalianrestaurant.com. Hello, this is Chris Sack, the men's golf coach at the University of Georgia, and you're listening to the Back Nine Boys Golf Show. Rich Stiles, we're on the phone with John Claffey with Tour Edge. And, John, one of the questions prior to our break was, we know what the pros are playing. What of the new clubs that you have, the new series coming out, would you recommend for amateurs? And how do you determine which you would recommend? Yeah, so that's kind of why we're asking that that. All important question this this year is: Are you an E or a C? And so that again, that goes down the line from drivers, fairways, hybrids, and irons. And uh, what what we're trying to have you think about here is: What am I looking for out of you know my golf clubs? Am I looking for you know just maximum distance where I'm I'm a faster swinger and I need lower spin that is you know going to maximize everything that I'm doing? Uh, with with a faster swing, or am I looking for more forgiveness? Right. And then further to further to help the amateur find the answer there, so we have this pretty innovative shaft system we call speed tested shafts, Rich. And so you can look at our different swing speeds that you're producing, and find out, hey, this is what Tour Edge has kind of done some pre fitting for you. Hmm. And if you can figure out how fast you're swinging you're going to see what we've done on a robot test, which we call TED, which stands for Tour Edge, Tour Edge Development. That's our in-house swing robot. I like TED. Found out, yeah, we found out the best shaft for your swing speed. And, um, you know, so it's really going to kind of help you in the right direction. And uh, that being said, that's this is our new exotics line that we're talking about with 722. We also have a hot launch line called 522, which is – designed to be the easiest golf clubs in, in the game. So there's also two sides of that. And now you're getting into some serious game improvement designs to the point where on the E side of things, the extreme game improvement, it is, uh, we're talking way higher launches than you'll see with the exotics. So this is, this stuff is designed to get the ball up as easy as possible to fight a slice. And so we kind of have a golf club for every player, including those that are just coming to the game, which we're still getting, a major influx of with the, 
this golf boom that's happening. And one of the things you and I have talked about in the past, John, is all at a reasonable price. Yeah, that's our, our tagline is pound for pound, nothing comes close. So that is, we really mean that. We bring more performance, more technology, more innovation to the table than any other golf club maker. We've been doing this for 36 years now, believe it or not. And uh, everything is hand-built here in the United States at our Batavia, Illinois headquarters. We take a lot of pride in that. We also have golf's only lifetime warranty when it comes to golf clubs. We'll protect a, a club for life if, if any defects happen. Um, so we, we kind of do things a little differently than the big boys in this industry. And it's yeah. what's made us, uh, you know, we're having seven straight record years of sales. We're really uh, showing up on these these uh, data tech reports where we're the number four selling metalwood in golf at off course in the wow. United States. So uh, a lot of people may not think of Tour Edge uh, as one of the top selling clubs out there, but I can tell you that with our pound for pound system that we've got with bringing more bang for your buck than anybody else, we are winning a lot of battles out there because many of the, much of the time you're going to be getting, you know, uh, better performance or, or the same for something that costs up to three times as much. Right. We're, we're really into this, into this uh, novel idea of having logical pricing. Right. So getting back to the drivers and the hybrids and the fairways, so swing speed is a difference. Does handicap come into that in any way? You know, it does. And everybody kind of gets to their handicap from a, a different way. You could be a great putter and, and uh, be terrible off the tee, but still be, you know, a 10 handicap and, and vice versa. So there's, there's no real telling how you score um, at the end of the day, but that's why fitting has become so important. We, uh, we've become a big uh, purveyor of custom fitting over the last few years. We've grown our custom fitting program by, I think, I think 500%. Right. In, in, the last, in the last five years. And we've got about a thousand fitting locations that have our mobile fitting bags and, in this great 48-hour program where you'll have the club in two days' time after getting fit. So it's really important that you do, though, look at the small things. Grip size, your, your shaft length, your, do you have the right loft? Are you getting you know, proper launch of the ball with optimized spin? And So that's what all, that's what all of our clubs are designed to do, but you've got to kind of get dialed in by the professionals these days. Yeah, and, and from a, a fairway, you offer a three, a five, and tell me the others. Oh, Rich, and if you want to hear the craziness, we're probably the only golf club maker that is doing this anymore. But in the, in the Hot Launch E522 line, we make a 3, a 5, a 7, a 9, and an 11 wood. So oh. you don't hear that much these days. No, what's the 11 wood replace? Well, it's going to be, you know, getting up to, to that, you know, where, where your 5 iron is and your 6 iron. So it's it's a very, very high lofted fairway that is, extremely easy to hit it instills confidence in a lot of players so we we sell a ton of these because we're one of the only manufacturers that makes uh lofts that high these days yeah i've uh, i've not heard many uh or if any offering an 11 uh john give us the website so our listeners can go to it and check out all your new stuff yeah touredge.com we uh we've got some brand new stuff like we've been talking about the exotic 722 that is kind of setting the world on fire right now a bunch of tour players are already into that. Uh, only two week, you know, two events into the champion season, and uh, yeah, it's going to be a, another banner year for Tour Edge. 
Well, John, I hope to see you next year at the PGA show and maybe prior to that. Always a pleasure to talk with you and uh, sorry about your snow, but hey, spring's somewhat close. It feels like it, this should be the last one, but I, it's always great to talk to you, my friend. All right. John Claffey with Tour Edge talking about their new clubs, all the success they've had on the Champions Tour. Always a pleasure to have him with us. And it's always a pleasure to have you with us as well. Thank you for joining us on the Back Nine Boys Golf Show, heard every week on ESPNCoastal.com or wherever you listen to golf podcasts. Eight to nine, Saturday and Sunday, the Back Nine Boys Golf Show.